You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. Jam in 7-8, probably. <laughs> the unreleased B-side of Tool. Fear Inoculum. And fear not, because we are back finally here on GFD, a.k.a. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I, it's, just, it's great to be back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, man. fun sometimes well, we sure do here on g for d aka grounds for discussion, discussion. oh Whew. man adam it's good to be back here with you buddy john sure is and this week we are back with two albums once again latest album from tool fear inoculum and taylor swift lover the most random combination of artists I think we could ever cover in a, one episode. A beautiful combination of artists. I agree. Although there is a connection, actually, because after Tool beat out was that T-Swift, uh, number one in the Billboard charts, pretty much he commented on a meme or something like that that had his face superimposed on Thanos, and he, like, snapped, and oh. Taylor Swift was disappearing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was already grumpy, and now I'm even more grumpy. I I saw a a vein pop out of the forehead there too. Uh, of course he did that. Of course, right? Of course. Oh man, isn't this the same guy who like faked his own death on April Fool's Day? He also has his own wine. Uh, just, right? Yeah, I think you're right. That sounds right. Yeah, just I I don't know. They, there was but, also a joke too, like where he quit the band and found Jesus. Oh, was he hiding in the tambourine? <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry for the delay, folks. We've been gone for a little bit. We had a uh, quite a couple eventful weeks. Yes, we have. In the past, we should catch up really quick. John and I, along with Carrie, we saw Vampire Weekend in St. Augustine. Great great show oh it was it was pretty great i never ever thought i would say that the loudest band i've ever seen was vampire weekend they were pretty loud we were right by the sound booth which was like perfect because we saw all the lights and the stage and mm-hmm. it was a magical night i really think the song shined the new song shined in the, in the context of them playing live very jam bandy now but in a in the best way possible Jam bandy in a way where like it really added something to the songs too. Yes. It wasn't just done for the sake of it. Right. Or really stretching out the songs like an album we'll be talking about a little bit later on. Good variety too. <laughs> unlike another album we're going to be talking about. <laughs> and I think I also really appreciated he did some covers that I think a lot of Vampire Weekend fans in the audience were not expecting. He yep. did uh, the track that he did with Subtract. Yep, he uh, did new a... New Dwarp. New, new Dwarp. New Dwarp. New Dwarp. New Dwarp, yeah, New York. Yep. Yeah. He also did um, a Paul Simon cover. He played late in the evening. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. Yeah, that was great. I also love the guy who held a sign that said, 
I can play a punk. And oh yeah, come up. And I play think with he them. was from Orlando too. So oh, he was. Shout out to that guy. Yeah, seriously, shout out to him. I wish we could find him and bring him on the podcast to ask him about his night. Yeah, his experience. That'd be oh, cool. can you imagine if we can get that guy in the show? I bet he has some interesting stories to tell. Oh yeah, he, we could get that. When was guy. the first time you played a punk? When was the last time you played a punk? Why is a punk your favorite song? Well, it's the easiest to play. <laughs> There's like a video of Ezra. That's actually how I learned to play it because he posted a video of himself playing it, and he's like, "Oh, here's how I play it." And then he's like, "Yeah, and I don't play for the for like the chorus part of it because I'm lazy." That was just funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that's one of the things that I've always appreciated about Ezra, the frontman of Vampire Weekend. For those who don't know, he has a good sense of humor about himself. Yeah. And I think he just really doesn't take things too seriously, which he, I kind of appreciate. He gets the joke of himself, I feel like. I think so, too. And he can have fun with it. Yeah, I I, I agree with that completely. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was just a really fun show from beginning to end. And St. Augustine Amphitheater, again, It's my. It's it one of my favorite venues in Florida, it dare really I is. say. I, I would agree with that. I, I think the thing that I really genuinely like is the sound is phenomenal. It's an outdoor venue, but it's covered. Yep. And you still, for whatever reason, get like a good gust of wind coming through every once in a while. Yeah, there's some nice breezes every now and then. The only downside to that venue is we saw them on a Sunday night. And when they play on a Sunday night, they had to wrap up early because the amphitheater isn't that far from houses. They had a 10 o'clock curfew. 10 o'clock curfew. But they played till exactly 10 o'clock. So... Mm -hmm. And they played for two hours. They actually went on sooner than expected, which was nice, too, as well. Sooner or later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah. because we actually we stayed overnight, we got to do our second favorite activity. Listen to two. No, I'm just kidding. We went to get coffee. <laughs> Hooray, coffee. We found some coffee in St. Augustine. So shout out to Dreamboat Coffee on St. George Street in the main town square. We had some delicious cold brew. Yes, we did. Oh, my God. It was so good. Wasn't there another place that we went to, too? That's correct. We went record shopping as well. Yes, we Tone did. Tone Vendor Records. Ni- really nice guy who worked there. I wish I caught his name, but he helped us out there. Yeah, it's tiny little place, but big crates. Oh, we yeah. We were searching for a while. A lot of, like, jazz records, I felt like. I felt like they had a really good jazz selection. A lot of good, like, classic rock stuff, too, if you're a fan mm-hmm. of that. So Yeah. Yeah, both both places really excellent to check out while you're in St. Augustine. Please check them out, folks. Highly recommend it. Yeah. I mean, of, of course, we had to do those things. Of course. When we were somewhere else. How how are we not Adam and John if we don't get records and coffee exactly. somewhere? Exactly. And I browsed through the cheap section and I found some really good stuff too. And and that's why I love about shops like that. It's that you'll you'll find some true gems there. And boy, did I ever. Oh, goody. Mm. Let's see here. What else happened while we were gone? Oh, there's a hurricane. Yes, there was a hurricane that really didn't hit here in Orlando. Thank God it hit at other places. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, but everyone yeah. of Te- us is safe, which is good. And Te- Terrible what happened in the Bahamas. Ugh. Our hearts and thoughts go out to them. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. But on a upper note, I think it was also someone's birthday. Oh, it was. You're oh. right. Oh. Well, let's do a, a celebratory cheer for John's oh. birthday. Thank you, sir. I'm glad to see we're still celebrating it. Oh, we sure are because. Oh. I have here your birthday gift, sir. What? Oh, Adam. I was not expecting anything. For those at home, it's a cardboard box past approximately 16 by 16 inches. John eagerly does not know what it is. <laughs> All right, let's open it up. Let's open it up. Oh, Adam, you crushed <laughs> it! You crushed it, man! Oh snap! What do you got? What oh, do you got there, bud? You you got me Tom York's latest solo album, which we reviewed on the show previously. Anima. Oh, buddy. and I quote, "Man, this would sound great on vinyl." And John oh. was talking about this album. Oh, Adam. You were you. You're perfect, buddy. I would get off the mic and give you hey, a hug. Let's, let's let's hug. Let's hug yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. We're we're, we're hugging getting, it we're, out. We're pausing for hugs. We're hu- pausing it for hugs. I gotta put this record somewhere. Somewhere. I don't. Ah, buddy, thank you so much. Yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. Oh, Adam. Oh, oh I was not expecting that. Thank yeah. you, sir. You're welcome. 
Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to listen to that tonight. Yeah. Hell yeah. Don't listen to all in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is awesome. Thank you so much, sir. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy oh, birthday. You, you hit it right on the head. I was I was wanting that record so bad, and I was like, no, I should be good. That's Birthday's it. coming up and yeah. everything. And little did he know. Little did I know. Oh, you're the best, buddy. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, I'm so excited. Good. So, so excited. We're about to have our energy drained out. <laughs> Talking about Tool. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Do we have to? Uh, we, I mean, we, we, we made these poor folks wait long enough. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. We, we can't skimp out on a, a album once we've already said we're going to cover it. So, all right. Let's... Uh, let's let's, let, let's do this. I'm sure there's some Tool fan who's already listening to this, getting really angry. Yeah, the, the Toolies are out to get us. Uh, I'm That's sure they are. That's what they call themselves, right? Toolies? I, I, I think so. That sounds about right. Okay. That's a cool nickname <laughs> to give yourself if you're a fan of a band. <laughs> toolies. Toolies. Uh, all right. So for those of you who do not know who Tool are, they are an American rock band, specifically metal, from Los Angeles, formed in 1990, the group's lineup includes drummer Danny Carey, guitarist Adam Jones, and vocalist Maynard James Keenan. Don't now, forget bass player Justin Chancellor. He has been the bass, band's bassist since 1995, replacing the original bassist Paul D'Amour. Oh, so they have one... they not Amour him. <laughs> They have won three Grammys, they performed worldwide tours, and they have albums that have topped the charts, even recently topping the charts with the number one album. Fear Inoculum, which yeah. is the album we'll be talking about. And Tool kind of reshaped the, what would you call it, progressive metal genre. And they did a lot of things that not a lot of bands were doing with metal at the time, including... Very odd time signatures, everything from 3-4 to 6-8 to 7-8 to 5-4, just, you know, simultaneously going back and forth in their songs. A lot of different sounds and style, very tribal in essence, Mm -hmm. especially in the lyrics and the, you know, kind of extended synthesizers and drums. And all kind of comes together in this metal glish glosh. <laughs> metal glish glosh. Yeah, glish glosh. <laughs> yeah, they're they're known for really big and long form songs. Kind of building and adding different layers, and whether that be with sound or time signature or lyrics. Yep. And this is their first album in thirteen years. Only their fifth album. So their last one was in 2016, 10,000 Days. Uh, 2006, sorry, 10,000 Days. And now they're back in 2019. What kept them so long from releasing another album? Mm. Who knows? I would say creative juices. (laughs) Well, Maynard basically talked about, like, just pretty much being too much of a perfectionist and just felt like it sounded like something from 2008, which... Well, he's not wrong here. <laughs> and, you know, it also probably was like one of those kind of things like, wait a second, I got to pay rent on my Clearwater, Florida. Clearwater, uh, geez, Clearwater Florida? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, could, I, could, I couldn't make a remark about him needing money. Uh, I botched that joke. You he, win this round, he perfected, he perfected this music like fine wine, which he is a distributor of. <laughs> but, um, yeah, all jokes aside here, I guess you can kind of see where we're going on our review here. And and, and don't get us wrong, folks. We'll be fair. We have to joke around. I it's feel a podcast. Like, but my thing is, look, you toolies out there, is this really what you waited for? What what makes this album the album? I can't tell. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, you listen to their older stuff, and it's like, okay, I get it. I understand it. Like, mm-hmm. it might not be for me. It might not be my thing, but I get why this is important, and I get why a lot of people would like it. But this one is just like, it's just so dry and doesn't feel like fulfilling or even like in the same experimental level as the other ones were. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Uh, when tool was a really popular band in the heyday of the two thousands, I remember listening to some of their stuff and just kind of feeling like, what am I missing here? 
because in theory they had everything that I would like odd time signatures complicated song setups you know just really out there lyrics like they were doing something that wasn't on the radio they were doing something that was unique and just its own like it's at its own level yeah. in a way I will absolutely say that about Tool you know they are definitely on their own plane yes. miles ahead from a lot of other artists oh. out there and I still don't get it I still don't get it yeah I I'm, I'm sorry I, I I don't get what people go crazy over with this band I tried I always try and I'm actually going to have lots of good things to say about this album going on but I just have to have it be known up front that I didn't try to listen to any of their stuff like prior within this okay so I'm you did you did you did something different I've right. I've listened to most of the singles and a couple of the albums. Okay. Like the older ones. I didn't listen to Ten Thousand Days. I've I, I know enough to get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm kind of there. I think for me, I just went into it. I tried not to look at any of the reviews. I tried not to get any other insight to see what I could take away from it. And when it was over, I was just kinda like unfulfilled. Yeah. I, I like most of these songs, they start off kind of small, not much going on. There's some guitars, some drums, maybe in the background. Bass kind of comes in, and it just builds, 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 and then it hits the climax. And some songs just don't go past that. Mm-hmm. Some songs are good and kind of fulfill that arc, but it just gets boring after a while. Like, I'm going to use Schism as an example. Mm-hmm. It starts off small, yes, but there's multiple crescendos in that part that keep it driving, that keep it interesting. Mm. The bass is constantly moving. There's always an instrument that's moving that keeps the flow going. None of these songs flow very well within the song itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, a, just, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. It's just boring and you don't you're like okay where's this going but then on a second listen you like you know where it's going and it's not fulfilling where most tool songs are like that like you know it's coming and it's like all right here we go i know i say it every week but seriously you took the words right out of my mouth again (laughs) so i always try and listen to an album twice hoping that on the second go around i'll see or rather hear things that i didn't the first time around and you're right. When you listen to it a second time, you're like, oh, yeah, here's the part that comes up that I feel like is cool, but doesn't really last for too long. Yeah. Or here, you know, I'm going to skip through six minutes of this and get to the part that I really want to hear. Like, there are just so many plotting elements to this album where it just kind of felt like, all right, you're trying to take your time and just build up to something right. here. And it works sometimes, but for every song on the album, for the most part, no, it doesn't. No. And the, the little introductories of differences that we do get on some of these songs are not worth the overall payoff of it. It's not. And, and, that, and that's the worst part about it. You'll get songs like Culling, Culling, yeah, Culling Voices, sorry, where there's not really too many lyrics to it, all right? But it's like a full six minutes into the song where it really kicks into overdrive. And when it does, I'm like, okay, I'm vibing with this. The drums are phenomenal on this album. Oh, my album. God. The, that, that's probably the, my favorite part oh, of yeah. this album is the drum and bass. But even the bass wasn't as interesting as it could be, I feel like. I, I, I enjoyed the bass quite a bit. Yeah. The um, drums, though. Like, oh, my God. But, yeah, yeah. No, the drums are easily the, the best part of that. But when all of them are actually, like synced up together and you talk about the crescendos and like Maynard actually like is one with the band. Like those moments are like, all right. It felt very, yeah. I mean, some moments it did that whole conglomeration felt forced, but you know, when they actually, I felt like they were trying then. Yeah. It shows that like, okay, yeah, you got it there. Yeah. Like when they're, when they actually kick it into gear, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm actually vibing with this. And I was actually enjoying those moments i will say that like so like i said this isn't just going to be me bashing this this is me going to be highlighting some good stuff no the, the level of musicianship and the quality and the sound production are all sound phenomenal oh yeah I, w- I would argue though maybe the synths weren't my favorite 
No, I felt like they were underdeveloped. And I feel like they were just kind of put in there just to kind of try it without context. Even on um, Chocolate Chip Trip, which yeah. the drum solo song, I would have enjoyed immensely more if they just did kind of like a Moby Dick thing, like yeah. you know, the Led Zeppelin song, and kind of jam first and then let the drums shine. You don't need this loop that doesn't sound good over this busy drum thing. Like, I want to hear the drums. Like, I don't care about this loop thing that you're doing. You're right. It's one of those kind of things where it was just unnecessary, yeah. ultimately. And if it had led into the drums, that's one thing. It acted as almost kind of like an interlude. But it just kind of felt like, hey, I'm just going to mess around with this. And I know probably there's going to be a Tool fan that's like, yeah, that's the whole point of the band. It's them messing around. Yeah, but they've, they, they clearly show that they've done it in the past. They make it work in the past, and if they're going to continue to do the exact same thing, they should have a you know a set. Here's what we're going to do, and when you don't make an album together for 13 years, yeah, no one brought new ideas to the table. No one said, "Oh, let's try this maybe" or something like that. No, these songs all could have been cut by two minutes. I feel like as well. Oh, which, some of these songs could be cut even by more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the song tool songs are no shorter than four minutes in general, yeah. but. Some of these just go on for way too long. Especially in the middle section. I feel like the tracks Invincible, and I think the other one was... I'm trying to remember. There's an ambient track. I think it's Legion Inoculate is an ambient track, and then I think it's Descending, which is another full track. Invincible and Descending take way too long to really go anywhere and are just chugging along, and they've just got that simple chord of... which is fine but the most interesting tool music is when there's that beat but then another instrument is shining around it so you can have the but if the drums are going you know kind of crazy or the bass isn't doing something interesting then it's just it's just boring yeah and it just it it doesn't really ever uh build to anything and 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 it tries to it tries tries to to. it tries to but the payoff isn't there the payoff isn't there or it's either just too little too late i feel like there are too many songs that started on this album which is maynard going yeah i I feel like maynard kind of phoned it in on this one to be honest i he was the most underwhelming element of this for me yeah besides the lyrics just not grabbing me whatsoever and again, I'm sure this is one of those Tool fan things where you're like, oh, you don't get it, man. What he's singing about is really actually a weed recipe. Oh, yeah. Wasn't the, didn't they do something with that, like a backwards yeah. something? Yeah, they did. Like, everybody thought, like, what, what does this mean? And that's all it was. <laughs> that's funny. Like, I'm sure there's some Tool fan who would tell me, like, here's why you're wrong, John. This song is really about something deep. It's about the cannibalism of America and the downfall of society. Yeah, but if I need to research it, it's not that deep to begin with. Like, I mean, it could be one of those things, you know, when the Beatles wrote, what was that song? I'm the walrus, right? And John Lennon just threw in random lyrics because people are overanalyzing their music. It could be one of those things, you know? It's like, uh, you guys can take it seriously, but really it's all just a joke. That's at least memorable, though. That's true. Like I, I can't. I genuinely cannot. I sit can't here. either. Like I can sing other songs. You know, I can do like Yeah, I, I, I was waiting for something because it. I'm not bashing his singing quality at all. He's actually a great singer. Um, and he can do a lot of different vocal styles. Yeah, he's just underutilized immensely in this. He is. He is. It never seemed like he really had as much to offer as some of the other members of the band. And it just kind of... A lot of these just really sounded like first takes. Yeah. Like kind of just like... Outlines and skeletons. Yes. Without any real meat and substance on them. And I know, again, I keep on bringing this up because Tool fans are the Rick and Morty fans of music. And you well, say, John, to understand Tool, you actually have to have a very intelligent IQ. You you joke around, but that's literally what I've been seeing Tool fans say about this album. Oh, yeah, totally. 
like they say, like, you don't get it. There's a much deeper meaning to this music here. You know, well, like, it's like the Eminem stands, you know, like when what was it Kamikaze came out and people were praising it and saying it's the greatest thing ever and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, I get we can let people enjoy things and have their fun. But like if this was the if I was super into Tool the way some people are, I would be very disappointed by this album. Yes. Not to mention the fact that it only came on a $45 limited edition oh CD. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm actually surprised they did streaming, honestly. Yeah, me too, because for a while there, they weren't on streaming services. But surprise, surprise, they immediately came on the streaming services with a new album mm-hmm. coming soon afterwards. Yeah. You, you, you want to know why I don't like the $45 album thing, Adam? It's the same reason why I wasn't a big fan of Wu-Tang Clan having an album that was only available on one CD. Why would you deprive fans of your music? And I know someone's going to say, well, a fan can buy the Tool album, which is the difference between the Wu-Tang album. Right, but there's a difference between having the standard CD out versus the $45 deluxe box set CD out, you know? Yeah. Also, our friend Taylor Swift did a very similar thing with her album. Yes, and I didn't like that either. I did not either, because you don't get the whole package. Yep, you don't. You don't. And, And I understand it's... You know, done to make money. It's done to drive demand. I'm I'm well aware of that, and I know the joke is ultimately on me because hey, they sold out. Yeah. Well, why would you want to deprive anyone potentially of an album? Well, if- I don't I don't think they're necessarily thinking it's depriving people. I think they're like we have we know our true fans will buy the music, you know. And I feel like most people who are committed to this band to the level that they are will pay nickel and dime you know to buy these records i mean example every time they might be giants puts out something i will buy the vinyl of it i will buy the shirt for it like but is it 45 dollars i mean some uh, it's not 45 dollars but it's the same level of fandom you know what i mean like okay if you're super into like i'm sorry if boards of canada put out a 45 dollar cd best you know you would be getting it <sighs> yes I, I, it's really hard for me to rationalize spending that much money if a regular album version is out. If there's no regular album version, you would buy the $45 CD. All right, you got me there. I know. All right, you got me there. <laughs> it's okay. We all have our vices. I, I just think that, like... But I would be disappointed if it wasn't to the quality. Yes. I, I, I guess the thing is for me is that they sold out, too. So not only did you, like, make fans have to pay a lot, but you sold out. And I know they're going to make more... Uh. I wouldn't even say they sold out. They kept true to their style and their sound. No, no, sound. no, not sold out in that sense. Like, they actually sold out of the physical copies. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. it's intended. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just... This, this it, is just It's interesting, me. though, because if they really beat Taylor Swift, they they beat her in record sales? I guess that includes streaming, too. I, I It must, because, you know, either buy it on... Where do you buy MP3s? Um, I mean, you can still buy them from Apple Music. Yeah, I guess Apple Music, Amazon. Yeah. Or even the website themselves. Yeah, that's I true, guess. Too. So people either bought them or streamed it enough. I don't... Yeah. Which, how do you stream songs that are like 15 minutes long enough? <laughs> I mean, it's doable. <laughs> I, I, I guess. Like... I guess. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess the whole point of me grandstanding here. And, and I'll fully embrace that. You're, you're right. You're right. If Boards of Canada put out an album and that was the only way to buy it, I would buy it too. I just think that, like, given between a... Usually what happens is that a band puts out a deluxe edition and a regular edition. Usually. These guys only put out the deluxe edition. Right. And that, that's upsetting to me. Yes. Especially and, since they have no plans of doing yeah. another, like, copy of it. Yeah, that, that that's just what's frustrating to me. I wouldn't want to do that to fans, especially if they're willing to spend money, regardless of how much money it is. But I don't know. That that's it. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, I'm I'm going to kind of really start winding down to until into my final thoughts here. So I don't know if you want me to take away or you got anything else further here. I can jump into my final thoughts too. I think we've talked about it enough. Okay. All right. Well, I feel like. Even though it sounds like we've been ragging on this album quite a bit, I'm still going to give it a fair rating and still going to give it a positive one. 
Because, yes, I think it's worth checking out if you're a Tool fan. And I think if you are a Tool fan, you most likely are going to like it. I feel like the general consensus that I did see leading up to us recording this review is that most Tool fans enjoyed this album through and through. It's not made for me. I think if you've been a fan from day one, you're going to find enough enjoyment out of this. Um, I've, the Tool fans that I've seen, they were underwhelmed by it. I think it was just really a matter of like, you know, it's, it's been too long. Things have kind of changed. And I guess that's just my biggest gripe with this album is that it hasn't really changed with the times too much. And I don't mean that in the sense like, oh, they need to conform to what today's standards are. It's just that like the, you can't recapture the glory days. You know, you can't recapture the kind of music that you made before, in my opinion. And the other big thing that I really took away from listening to this album is that for how long it took this album to come out, there really weren't the ideas there. Like the musicality is still there, but the ideas weren't. There's just not a lot to this album and there's just not a lot that is going to make me want to keep on coming back to it. However, with all that said, there's no doubt the immense talent that goes into this band on each and every single track. There's no doubt that the drumming is absolutely phenomenal. I just wish I didn't have to skip to those parts. Yeah. I just wish I didn't have to like sort them out on an album that's almost an hour and a half long, their longest album yet, and really doesn't feel like it hits its stride until the second to last song which doesn't start off really slow and just Maynard, just kind of vocals in the background, just wailing about whatever. We needed less of that and more just get on with it, like get into it. It just wasn't there for me. And yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, say it to me. I don't get the appeal behind this band. Maybe one day I'll go back and listen to their earlier stuff, but... The, this just really turned me off from it. I mean, I think this is going to get a stream it from me. I'm still going to be fair. And once again, for those of you Tool fans that are ready to jump on me, that's a good review. That's still a good review. That still means the album's worth checking out. I just can't rationalize spending money on it, especially when that money is $45. <laughs> or free on your streaming service of choice. Um, Stockholm Syndrome is not a name of a Tool song, surprisingly so, but I feel like Tool and Tool fans are stuck in this place where they want to believe it's good, they want to believe it's great. I don't understand why Tool people, Toolies, Tool fans, (laughs) are enjoying this as much as they are. I mean, for what Tool did to the genre and for what they brought to the table, like, you expected something big from this. You know, not every album needed to grow and change, but you figured 13 years time, there's got to be something new to say or new to try. And I feel like they just missed the mark on that. The the extension of songs that just don't need to be there. They don't add to the building of their world. It just kind of takes away from it. And I don't feel as much of a connection in his vocals or even some of the instrumentals. It's just kind of, they're just kind of chugging along. You have the, the classic Tool elements that Tool fans will like, you know, the sounds, the synths, the basses, the time signature changes, but overall in their whole discography, I would say this is definitely their weakest album by far. Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel like it adds any anything to the band and their legacy. It, it would be enjoyable for the hardcore t- Tool fans who want to hear new material. And, you know, I think it's, when they might be giants put out a new record it's just like oh cool they might be giants like i am a they might be giants stan tool fans i feel like are the same way and they'll just kind of support and love whatever they put out regardless if it's good or bad or not i was not a fan of they might be giants last album people would disagree with me i get it but you know you got to change a little bit i feel like and there are enjoyable elements to this but overall i think i'm with you right there and i would give it a stream it as well I feel like if you're a huge Tool fan, this is definitely something you should check out. Will you be returning to it? Don't know. Hmm. See, I think you and I are like a Tool song in the sense that we we bashed them quite a bit. We made yeah. a lot of jokes. But then we ended up Look. 
on a decently high note. I'm not going to deny their talent or their style or how they changed it. I get it. But this album, no. No, no. It's Even if they didn't come out with all their other albums and this was the first one, I would feel very underwhelmed by what I heard. Yes, I I would too. I would too. I just kind of felt like it was just not going anywhere throughout most of it. What Uh, what was that in The Incredibles? Mr. Incredible, like... Is in the car, little kids waiting for rip the door open. He's like, "What are you waiting for?" He's like, "I don't know, something incredible to happen." Me too, kid. Oh oh, wow, I messed up all of that. (laughs) It's actually just keep going with it. He's like, "What are you waiting for, kid? Something incredible to happen." Me too, kid. Me too. (laughs) That's what the album was to me. (laughs) Except the little kid on the tricycle was a forty-five-year-old man. Who lives in his mother's basement. That's, that's right. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I joke. I joke. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Well, well, we're, we're going to go to a complete opposite. And while you're doing that complete opposite, I'm going to turn on this fan because I'm hot in here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. 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 So so Adam is turning on the fan right now because surprisingly, it's it's hot in this podcast room. My pajama pants have turned into capris. I've rolled them up. I'm so hot. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt too. I feel like, I all right. This might be a G for D first. I got oh. I got a I got an undershirt underneath this. Life's hard as a stripping podcaster. <laughs> That's what they tell me. At least you get paid for it. Hey oh. <laughs> oh, oh man well Woo. while john's stripping it's nice to remind everyone that we are on all streaming services wherever you can find podcasts spotify itunes stitcher google music and our website g4dpodcast.com ah uh, that's better much better yeah that's good yeah good thing i wore deodorant today oh me too bud me too <laughs> well we can leave the world of fear inoculum and over the rainbow we go to taylor swift land <laughs> Her new album, Lover. <laughs> I bet we have some great talks. Everyone knows who Taylor Swift is. She's an American singing, singer-songwriter. She's known for her narrative stories, personal life. Um, you know, she's in the media. She's every. It's Taylor Swift. Why yeah. do, do we she's need... She's massively popular. Massive popular. Her sound and style have changed dramatically since the days and over the years. From kind of a country... Twang artist. Twang star to... Jeez, elements of R&B and pop music and yeah. synths and my favorite bleeps and bloops. And <laughs> she's she's grown and evolved as an artist, and the more she puts out, it's interesting to see where she will go next and kind of how this futuristic sound has evolved. And John and I both, in a previous episode, talked about the Taylor Swift concert, which we both enjoyed a lot, and... She knows how to put on a show and she knows how to please her fans and create new things. And, you know, she started talking about her new album, Lover, which is her first album in two years from her previous, which is Reputation, kind of taking it back from the I'm a bad girl. Down, down, down. She kind of strips back a little bit and makes herself a little more vulnerable on this album. And I think some of that comes from the fact that, you know, she's dating boyfriend she's you know things things are good for for little taylor swift yeah yeah she's talking about like you know this album titled lover is about love yeah the things she's in love with and celebrating it and celebrating you know be it her boyfriend new york city or london all that fun Mm. stuff yeah so yeah this is definitely kind of like a more upbeat and happy taylor yeah we kind of went back to that kind of Taylor right now. She's 29 years old. Oh, my gosh. She's 29. I'm old. <laughs> I'm old, too. And this is her seventh album and definitely her most, I would say, free spirit album. Yeah. I, I guess I would agree with that. What yeah. do you mean by free spirit? In, in the sense that she just kind of embraces happiness and just kind of embraces who she is on this album even more so than I think some of her earlier stuff. I feel like this is just kind of like more unapologetic Taylor Swift than we've heard previously. In a, in a different way. I feel like her last album, she kind of, you know, had to set the record straight about herself and what she can do 
it's kind of changed her whole persona. So coming to this album two years later, and it's kind of, you lose a lot of elements of reputation. Yes. You know, and kind of get back to the, you know, red 1989 era Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that this is a natural progression from 1989. I would agree. Which I think 1989 has kind of really established. It's, it's really established itself as I think her best work for, for me. I would say it's probably one of my favorite favorite taylor swift albums it's it's a genuine i know we don't talk about a lot of commercial pop albums but honestly that's one of the best ones that's come out in recent years yeah there's a lot of great elements on it a lot of cool sounds and unique styles that she tries with and plays with yeah and it just has a great narrative throughout it um it definitely sounds like her like hey i you know discovered new york and fell in love with the new york kind of album there's nothing wrong with that. Those kind of albums work. Yeah. There's plenty of great albums about New York. She's got enough style to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, this is definitely a very, very, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's kind of back to that sound. Yeah, style. it's kind of back to basics. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Now, this album is mainly produced by um, Jack Antonoff. Antonoff, yeah. Who has done stuff with, I think he's done stuff with Lana Del Rey. He's done stuff with St. Vincent, mm-hmm. I believe, too, as well. Like, this guy's just been kind of on a roll, doing quite a lot. And I think his production here in this album is what makes this as enjoyable as it is. Because there's definitely, like, I'd say highs and lows all yeah. overall in this album. I would say, very similarly to the Tool album, some things could have been cut. And it would yes. have been a lot better if certain things were cut from it. Yes. So it's not overall a perfect Taylor Swift album, but there are a lot of elements that do make it a perfect Taylor Swift album. It's an hour and two minute uh, album. Yeah. And and to your point, yeah, there are probably some elements that could have been taken out of this. Um, but I do appreciate what Jack Antonov, <laughs> it's hard saying his name, um, adds to this album because he adds some variety yeah even, there's even like jazz on this album which i wasn't expecting right at all <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean it it starts off exactly how you would imagine with the song i, for, I forgot that you existed which is that's that's totally taylor swift right there right cruel summer which i think is kind of a cliched saying yeah but you know still taylor swift i think that's is, one of my favorite songs on the album, actually. I, I think she's really, she elevates it because she's strong at writing a chorus. Yes, Taylor Swift knocks it out with the chorus. And she, with a little help from our friend Annie Clark, mm-hmm. a.k.a. St. Vincent, mm-hmm. definitely adds a new, cool, futuristic synth pop element to it. Yeah. Um, she even gets kind of uh, social on the man, you know, basically kind of just taking on the patriarchy. Yeah. Uh, kind and, of saying it's she doesn't she talk about kind of like it would be easier and she would not retrieve her dreams faster but get there faster if she was a man yeah it, it pretty much just basically talks about that if she were a man she wouldn't have had some of the uh struggles yes that, that she it, yeah had to deal with and stuff mm-hmm. yeah um and also I, you skipped um lover which is actually probably one of my probably the favorite of mine. I like that track a lot too. When she did drop all the singles beforehand, I feel like Lover was definitely the favorite out of the three or four that she did. But I don't know. There's just something like sweet and like timeless about it. Yeah. Have you seen the music video for it? I have not. It's really cute. So I'm not going to ruin it, but um, just a little bit. But it's kind of it takes place like in a dollhouse. Yeah. And it's different points in a re- like a relationship of mm-hmm. her growing with someone and learning with someone. It's, it's very sweet. And I, I liked it a lot. I like the moments where she got a little bit more personal, the best on the sound. My favorite track on this is actually, it's nice to have a friend, which is the second to last song on the album. It's more low key and more focused on synth. And you know, yeah, it's got some of the Taylor Swift isms in it, but there's just something she she achieves a lot in just something that's really just a very sincere song. Yeah, it's 
she's she's great when she strips back. Yes, you know, agreed. And I just really like the lyrics on it, and I really like the chorus on it. It's just a strong, low key pop song, through and through. It's one of those kind of songs that I think would work well in a concert where after you've gotten through all the big numbers and it's just her on the piano type of thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, I, I will say this. There were certain elements of this album that sounded very similar to her previous album. I felt like it was almost kind of like too similar. And, and I know that like, you know, seven albums in and Taylor Swift is an artist I hear a lot in my house because both my wife and my daughter are huge fans of them. <laughs> As is my girlfriend. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's just the case and I'm willing to say that there are some elements yeah. that seem very familiar. And at least for us, um, you know, we listen to the first half of this album constantly. And I feel like it kind of loses its stride just a tiny bit. Yeah. Kind of towards the tail end, it kind of loses that energy and momentum. Like the first couple songs are like true bangers and then it's just kind of like, okay, we're chilling a little bit, you know. Yeah. And I think I would have liked uh, the song Me a lot better if Brandon Yuri wasn't on it. I don't I'm, hate I, Brandon See, Yuri, this but. is my thing. I, I I told Carrie this too. I don't think Taylor Swift works well when she features other artists on her songs. I think she's built her brand. It's funny. She's built her brand as me. This is my life. This is my story. This is my experience. And when she shares it with someone else in a song, I just don't think it works. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think so yeah. either. I don't hate this song as much as when it first came out with no context to the album. In the yeah. context of the album, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I'm not saying it's my favorite track of all time, but it's a little better than when I first heard it. And they took out the spelling part. <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, spelling is fun. Yeah. 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 I, I also feel like too that the narrative throughout this is like there are a lot of songs that are like upbeat and about love and things that she loves. And, you know, it's then, a very interesting transition. Yes. Cause you go from like reputation. It's like, I'm a badass bitch. I don't need this and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm strong. And then it's just like, she strips all that back. And at the core of it, she is, you know, a lover and a, you know, that kind of person. Yeah. And then there's also just some elements too, where she gets kind of political too as well. And then there's also a song on here, like, which just, I, oof, man. Is it Soon You'll Get Better? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that one's intense. Yeah, that one's about her mom who was battling cancer. I I think she's still battling cancer. She's still battling? Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I tried looking that up very briefly. I wasn't finding, like, too much Yeah, she hasn't really talked about it a lot, but okay. I believe her mom is battling cancer, and it's kind okay. of, the song's kind of about, you know, her struggles with her mom having cancer, featuring the Dixie Chicks. Yeah, which is great. I mean, I'm it's, not saying it, it's a bad song. No, it's a great wrong. song. It's just it's a lot. You yes, know, and it makes you think. And it's a lot, especially considering all the songs prior to that are really upbeat. Yeah, for the most part. And then like you get that song, and it's just like, oof. All right, <laughs> all right. Um, I also um, I think the other thing that I need to bring up here too as well. I felt like you know, and I know this isn't abnormal for her you know she does stick with a lot of like the metaphors of like you know playground and schoolyard and stuff like that i understand that's taylor swift that's been a thing that she's been doing for a while and part of the reason why she probably includes that in her songs is because she's kind of like loved by a lot of age groups even you know the young fans so you gotta keep those things in there and yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's her style. I get it, but she talks a lot on this album about getting drunk and <laughs> drinking quite a bit. So it's kind of like an odd juxtaposition for me. I mean, she do as she wants. You know? I, I mean, look, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it in that way. It just, it kind of just caught me off guard. Yeah. Like I, I just, you. you know, like. I, as far as I know, she didn't say anything like that on Reputation, and that was... I mean, she she had that song... Was that... On the last album, did she have that song where it's like, picking up bottles with you? It might be. Was the chorus? Yeah, but, but, but when Taylor Swift talks about drinking, it's not, I'm getting drunk with my homies every night. It's like, I'm getting drunk with you. You're the person I want to get drunk with. You know what I mean? Well, there, there was a line where she was like, getting drunk off is something stronger than what's in the bar. 
Mm. Something to that effect. So yes, it may not be Migos level, yeah, but it's still like country oh. radio level. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not knocking her. Don't, don't get me wrong. It just, it just was an observation more than anything else. Yeah, she doesn't uh, really t- talk about those kinds of things. Or Taylor Swift doesn't have like, like a party song. I mean, she has like party songs, but not yeah. like. That one single that like is kind of featuring Taylor Swift, you know, she kind of keeps to her own brand. Yeah, she does. Yeah. I, I like I think we could probably jump into our final thoughts here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that covers all the big notes for me. You yeah. know what? I went first last time. You go first. I'll go time. first. Yeah, I think in the Taylor Swift canon, this is a fine album. I don't think the whole thing works. Um you know the the first half being a lot stronger than the second half but for taylor swift fans very similar to the tool fans you will enjoy this album a lot um cruel summer and lover I, I think make everything worth it and you know for those of you who haven't listened to this album and were put off by some of the, the singles especially the one where what was it, the lgbtq one that she kind of talks about oh yeah yeah i guess i carrie kind of explained to me i guess she's friends with todrick hall and mm-hmm. um they had kind of like a talk and he's like, I wish more people would, I don't think was it was like stand up or like, I don't remember. Are you talking f- about the track? You, you need, need to, to calm, calm down. down. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And kind of just like his struggles and you know, there's no, there's nothing wrong with, you know, feeling the way you feel and things like that. So I don't yeah. know if it's a, a wrong message for Taylor. It just, it was just very weird, but in the context of the story behind it, it makes more sense than it did when it just kind of came out and there wasn't really a story behind it. Yeah. But, you know, I think the singles are great. And, you know, it might not be the best full album she's done, but the singles are definitely where it's at. And I think I would give this a solid download it. You know what? I'm right there with you. Ah, there right, it is. Right, right there with you. Um, somewhere there's a Tool fan. Crying. Yeah. It's like, how do you give Taylor Swift a better score than Tool? Crying but... into his bongos. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's uneven overall in the sense that, you know, yeah, there's a lot of peaks on this, but I do think there are some elements that are, are either kind of cloying or just kind of underdeveloped for me. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, most of the album I think works and it's very, very solid. And to your point, I don't see any Taylor Swift fan being, let down by this album whatsoever she's probably one of the most if not the most consistent pop stars out there and that's part of the reason why i think you know i notched it down a bit to that score if those elements weren't there as much or they were kind of developed a bit more for me i think it would get a higher score but ultimately yeah this is really enjoyable you're absolutely right there's plenty of solid singles on here. It's interesting that this album is coming out towards the end of summer because I feel like if this was at the beginning of summer, like this would have been everywhere. You know, Especially with the song Cruel Summer. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, still, you know, she, she may be requiring fans to, like, buy the album several times in order to get, like, the full story or whatever it is that they're getting with their album, which is also kind of annoying too so you're not off the hook either taylor <laughs> all right i'm still on my soapbox nobody's listening but i'm still gonna talk about it anyway <laughs> and you know yeah by by this point in her career on her seventh album you know all the elements that i may complain about the fans won't you know this is just she keeps on doing her thing and she just shows no signs of like things wearing down working with i think jack anatov is what elevates this if she didn't and antonoff you said it right the first time i did okay yeah you sure did um and that dreamlike kind of like rainbow-esque gleam that's been put onto this album is prevalent thanks to him you got your sense talked about the jazz earlier yeah you know just the 80s element that are elements that are in there without making it seem like 80s i should say 80s inspired i always say this but like i'm excited to see what she's gonna do next because like with reputation you know i was expecting a more hard-hitting taylor swift and then you know that's kind of like why me for me was so jarring at first because it's like 
what? This is total opposite of what she's been doing the last two years. So yeah, and 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 you know, like she she's in love. She's just in love with life. Yeah. And sometimes that might mean you get a silly song like, uh, what is it, uh, London Boy, where she just talks about all the London things she sees and just calls them out. I'm never a fan of that in a song. Like, yeah. oh, there's that Big Ben, uh, red phone boots, you know, whatever else that she's calling out. I don't you know. Are drinking out of a TARDIS mug. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. But I, I didn't call that out. This is true. You did. I, I sure did. All right. I keep with the London boy theme. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just things like that where there's just like, all right, those lyrics are kind of underwhelming, and and I think me as a sequel, uh, me as a single, I should say, not a sequel, is also kind of underwhelming too. But yeah, yeah. overall. Really solid album. Really in, enjoyed it, and if w- was was good for my morning commute with the sun out in the morning. By the way, did you notice on this album mm. who was on it? Like who? Like who's provided a sample of them saying something? Who? Idris Elba. Oh. Yeah, I th- I, I'm pretty He's sure. He's a DJ, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I don't know if he was involved with the song or not. I I didn't read anything about that, but yeah, he like says something. I guess like being on a scooter, some to something to that effect on the track "London Boy." Oh. So yeah, isn't that kind of interesting? Good for him. Idris Elba just showing I'm up on randomly. a scooter. Yeah, where's the Eiffel? <laughs> Not Eiffel Tower. Big Ben. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say wrong country there. Wrong bro. country. Oof. All right. So I know this is usually the point where we kind of wind down a little bit on the show, but since we had a little while since we kind of recorded again. Did you just want to talk very briefly? We don't have to give any kind of reviews about the latest EP from Missy Elliott and the new album from Rap City. Yeah, let's talk quick. Um, yes. Uh, Rap City was great. <laughs> yes. I really, really enjoyed it. I loved the concept album. It reminded album is me called of, Eve. Was it Jamalia Woods yeah. who put out that album yeah. this year about her inspirations? Yes. Well, this is Rap City's inspirations and like... I don't know, man. Like what that I love that theme, and I love that idea of just like taking melodies and samples and like bringing the inspirations out because it it's a fantastic album. So definitely check that out. She absolutely kills it right from the very first track. Fantastic flow throughout it. Just grabs a hold of you and never ever lets go. This album should be talked about more. It's probably gonna end up being one of my favorites at the end of the year. Heck yes. And then we get to the Missy Elliott EP. Look, Missy Elliott is still popular as ever, as uh, shown on the VMAs. Did we talk about the VMAs? No, we didn't. Oh, it's not. Okay, great. (laughs) Yeah. All you got to know is there's a a comedian whose shtick is being Italian doing the video music awards. Which is so disappointing because I've liked his... um, Stand up in the past. You like the spaghetti. See, but I I do like that because it reminds me of home. Oh, you mean in Sicily, <laughs> right? My mama's making the meatballs. <laughs> there you go, Sebastian Maniscato. Maniscato. There it is. Yeah, yeah. It's Oof. been fourteen years since we. <laughs> There's your VMAs review. <laughs> 14 years since we've had a Missy Elliott album, and Iconology is a five-track EP where one of the tracks is actually just an acapella version of actually a song where she sings on it. Mm. And here's the thing. She's trying rap, trap music, and she just... She is an icon, but I just feel like she wasn't trying on this. Yeah, I think I think she's rusty. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's trying to get back into it. There were moments here or there where like, oh, there's Missy Elliott. But for the most part, she just seems like way too laid back and just trying like a genre of music that just doesn't it's not as fun yeah. for her. Like she's Missy Elliott is fun. And she 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 changed the game. Yeah, and this this album was just really missing that element. And doing these different styles, I think, was just it was very not the un- right way to go. It was underwhelming. Yeah, it was definitely underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hopefully she puts out more stuff. It's a little, maybe hopefully a little bit better than this, but she can still perform. She killed it at the VMAs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm still rooting for her, and I hope this is just kind of like, it's a hope you know, it's a fluke. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope it's a fluke. Let's hope it's just, you know, kicking the tires type of thing. You know, just trying to, like, 
ease herself back into it because I'd be all about Missy Elliott returning. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So before we officially wrap up here next week. Yes. Lana Lana Del Rey. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. (laughs) And then is there anything else that came out? I'm sure there is. I want to talk about Uh, Whitney too, maybe. Yes. I think that's a good combination. Whitney and Lana. Yeah. Lana. Lana. Uh, What is that from? Archer? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You don't like Archer? Some of it's pretty funny. I, 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 I gave up on it at a certain point. Yeah, that's kind of how I started feeling too. I started watching the other John Benjamin show. Oh yeah, uh, Bob's Burgers. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I need to watch. That crossover is very funny. Oh, I'm well, sure. Not. Yeah. I mean, he's phenomenal. I've always been a big fan of his, especially from the days of home movies. Oh, I love home movies. <laughs> yeah, buckle it up, buckle it up, buckle it up, or you'll die. Oh no, wait, that was Bob's Burgers. Darn it. <laughs> oh, Brendan. Uh, yeah, Masaka Coach, Brendan. Right. Uh, Brendan, can I be a part of your pizza club? My favorite was when, was the rocker guy, Dwayne? Yeah. And they make the movie for kids not to put marbles in their nose. And they do the death metal. It's like, do not put marbles in your nose. Put them in there. Put them in there. And there's like a music video he films of the the sock puppet putting a marble in his nose. And the teacher's interviewing a kid. And she's like, so when did you decide to put marbles in your nose? Well, when the sock puppet told me to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Eh, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Well, that first season is difficult to watch. Yeah. Squiggle version. Yeah. Oof. Not yeah. easy on the eyes. Ugh. No, it's not. It's it's a bit too much. A bit too much. Uh, but yeah, man. I, I, know, I know we got to wrap it up. Yep. But yeah, it's it's been good to catch up with you. I'm glad we did kind of like a spur of the moment lightning round <laughs> there at the end. So. I'm glad you indulged my little sound effect there. <laughs> hey, so. you, indul- you indulge mine. Oh, all the time. All the time, sir. Mm. <sighs> Alrighty, sir. Well, mm. that mm. is all we got today. That is all we got today. You know what? We didn't talk about the tea we drank. Oh, yeah. Trader Joe's herbal tea. Yep. Sorry. It's a little too late for coffee. I'm tired. Yeah. It's been yeah. a long it's been a long time. Sorry, sorry, folks. We'll I mean, get back to our regularly schedule, scheduled caffeinated program. Very soon. Very, very soon. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I missed you, buddy. I really did. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers to you, sir. All right. Oh. Or coffee light. As, Coffee light as our good buddy Adam would say. Yeah. Miss you too, bud. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening. We're on G4DPodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Music. Yep. We used to have a SoundCloud. Not anymore. Well, yeah, not active yeah, on that. A, it's all right. It's, it's all right. Good. Write us a review, folks. We want to hear from you. Yeah, we haven't got a lot lovely of, people. We haven't gotten a five-star review in a while. Yeah. I think the Nestor is still our uh, number one fan. I think so, too. Yeah. I think you're right. As of June, the Nestor is still up top. Yeah, to be fair, you know, it's been a cruel summer. I love somehow it's only gotten hotter in the month of September in Orlando. I know. God. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. I might get Panuma if it's so hot. What's that? That was a song on the Tool album called Panuma. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, are are you going to be okay? Yeah. (laughs) Guess that's time. I'm I'm starting to descending into bad jokes now. <laughs> I kind of like this point though. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll love the dessert I made. It's a chocolate chip trip. <laughs> That'd be a good Ben and Jerry's flavor. Uh, actually, chocolate that chip would be. trip. It'd be yeah. like fudge, cookie dough laced with laced with weed. <laughs> <laughs> In a schism uh, of then, caramel, and, and, and then and then Maynard comes over and slaps you in the face. And it's got um, oh, it's it's the the grapes that Maynard uses. They're frozen grapes on top of it, and his wine. <laughs> that's the that's their Ben and Jerry's flavor. <laughs> and it's in sh- in the in the the thing it comes in. It's not a carton. It's shaped like a bongo. <laughs> <laughs> toolies. The toolies. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I really wish that was a thing. I wish it was. I I, can we make it a thing? Can we? Yeah, I would love to make it a thing. Hashtag toolies. Hashtag toolies. Toolies unite. Toolies unite. <laughs> Dude, yo, where are my toolies at? We're gonna put out ten thousand days and just jam and chill, man. <laughs> Yeah, please please don't leave a review if you're a toolie. <laughs> no, we just want to hear from you toolies. Come on. <laughs> Only if it's a five-star review, yeah. please. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, uh, good time, man. Good time. Uh, I, I missed you, buddy. We'll be back at it again soon. You. I cannot wait to talk about Lana Del Rey with you. <laughs> it's you. It's you. She needs to. She needs to do a duet album with Father John Misty, like Johnny Car, like Johnny Cash and June Carter. <laughs> Can we work on doing a duet where I'm Lana Del Rey and you're Father John Misty? I'm down. <laughs> oh, John breaking my heart. Society is a joke. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is that like Father John Misty's like thing? <laughs> oh! <laughs> I do clever wordplay in my lyrics. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> oh! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even a great impression, but it's so funny. What if they did like an Elton John, like Don't Go Breaking My Heart? Yeah, exactly. They that, need to make an album like more. that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, Anyways, so thanks great. for listening. Thank you, folks. You've been listening to another episode of G4D, <laughs> aka Grounds for Discussion. Discussion. Bye. Caffeine induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username g4d underscore podcast drop us a line at g4d podcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions general questions or business inquiries you can find our podcast on itunes and john and i would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show may your cup and heart always be full of coffee good music and cliche motivational ending sentences thanks <laughs>